Okay, here we go. It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast. Thank you for listening and clicking on... Clicking. You're clicking. Excuse me. And I have my robe man for the Tuesday Tangle. Uh, the best. So, Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. Always a fan of Beastie Boys. Right from the first time Mr. Ken Bond, a friend of mine, played a flexi 12-inch included in some music magazine from London. Hold It Now hit it, the single. Or She's On It. I think She's On It, was it? But I was hooked from License to Ill. Paul's Boutique got me cranked up. Told all my friends, this is the, this is the album you should be listening to. And then all the ears perked up over the decades. That's the one. And then Check Your Head was... Uh, their third album, released August, <laughs> April 21st, 1992. So, if you're from Winnipeg, if you were in the know, you had friends who also wanted to see live bands, a lot of cool live bands. Now, Winnipeg, you'd get the, like, your, your metal acts, your, some good local Canadian stuff, but all the great alternative bands of the early 90s weren't really finding their way towards Winnipeg being so far from you know the major cities the closest city is Minneapolis and First Avenue is the bar that's featured in Prince's Purple Rain um, was the bar to go visit I don't know well, I, don't, I can't count how many times me and friends drove down there to see bands but I'm so thankful that we all, we did it because, or else I wouldn't have had the opportunity to see some of my favorite bands today that I still listen to. Sonic Youth saw them twice in a day. <laughs> we bought tickets to the first show and the second show. They played with Royal Trucks, who I got turned on to. Uh, Stereo Lab, unbelievable. Not only did we catch Serial Lab uh, we actually got to hang out and drive around with the drummer uh, and it's weird circumstances because at the time my friend was friends with uh, a, an employee of Let It Be Records, the wonderful Let It Be Records and they would I guess they had a thing that they were a promotional tool for the bands performing at First Avenue because we were first in line at uh, a signing autographs I'd always try to get autographs from the bands whether it's going to these things or waiting after the show for hours and that kind of stuff. Even in Winnipeg, I've met uh, Hip and just being at the right place at the right time and putting yourself in that right place at the right time. So one of these bands that um, my friends liked was a band called Ride. And I dug them. I dug them. Um, not a huge fan, but hey, a trip to Minneapolis, <laughs> I'll always try to jump in on that. It's not just seeing the band, it's the trip. It's going across the border. It's going into a gas station to fill up and seeing all these new stacks. <laughs> it's having the, the liquor doors open up and the amazing deals <laughs> that you can get. Oh, it's everything. It's so much fun. It's, it's, best vacations. Mm-hmm. I'm stretching. 
Okay, so... So we're seeing a band called Ride, some Britpop band. It's myself and a car full of friends who are fans of the band. And it was a great show, awesome show. But while I'm there, I realize that Beastie Boys are playing First Avenue two days later on May 12th, 1992. And I'm like, oh shit, are you kidding? We missed out by two days, the Beastie Boys? Well, that did not sit well with me. So much though, so much though, sorry. Um, I told my friends, look, I, I gotta stay for the Beastie Boys. And I convinced a friend to come up from Winnipeg, like take a bus. He took a bus to Minneapolis to catch the Beastie Boys. Now at this point, we don't have tickets and it's sold out. We are taking a chance that hopefully we'll find scalp tickets, scalpers. I don't know, are they still around? Scalpers are just people would stand outside the venue and sell tickets for like three, four times the price. It probably still happens online. Anyway, so the next day they left my friend arrived and you know we partnered up and then the next day we we're on a mission to get tickets now I knew that the Beastie Boys were doing a, a signing not at Let It Be Records somewhere else and I didn't know Minneapolis that well so now we don't have a car and uh, so we went to First Avenue at noon I believe it was around noon and or maybe two Oh, whatever. Why do I get stuck on all these little details? I'm trying to remember it for you. Noon. Already, there's a lineup. Because First Avenue, it's like all open area dance floor. There's no seats or anything. So it's like, once you're in, you're in. And Cox like Beastie Boys, it's packed. You want to get in and get a good spot with your buddy. And hopefully, you know, you'll save it so you're nice and close and then you have one friend you trade off going for drinks or holding the spot for the bathroom. <laughs> oh man, that's the worst. Hey, when you're in a concert you have to go to the bathroom and it's like a huge crowd and you gotta work through everyone. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Anyway, so we go to First Avenue. There's already a lineup. People are sitting down waiting for the doors to open. And I'm talking like it. the show, I think doors open at 6? Something like that. So it's a good long hours to wait but still, there's an electricity in the air. Everyone, you feel this Beastie Boy energy from the fans, the true fans. I remember people, girls, saying which one's cuter in line, and you know, talking to people, and we're explaining our story to all the people, to all the peoples, saying, you know, we don't have, we're from Canada, we don't have tickets. If you know any scalpers, I'm here. Just you know, and um, so we wait and we wait and we wait with these folks, these fine folks. And now that I've been the Minneapolis and First Avenue a few times, as I said, so I knew that there's a door on the side that's used for bands to enter and exit and load the bus and whatnot. So I'm kind of keeping my eye on that side door for any action. And as the hours go by, I, I notice that uh, some entourage of Beastie Boys are walking around. Hurricane, the DJ, their DJ at the time, was walking around the people. Um, Matt, Mike Watt, the opening bands were Firehose and Basshead. Basshead opened up. Basshead was like this kind of trip hop outfit. And Firehose had an amazing following. Um, wasn't really my cup of tea. And Mike Watt was pretty, he was kind of a, uh, kind of a, I wouldn't say fat, but he was definitely a bigger gentleman wearing a flannel shirt that had holes under the armpits like 
like nobody's business. Nobody wanted to visit <laughs> those armpits. Anyway, the hours go by, and I this uh, check your head was just released in uh, in March. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, April twenty second, nineteen ninety two. The week in front of me here, and so this was May twelfth. Now, so I I didn't even own the CD until until the the day before I bought the CD and uh, I may have even bought a Sharpie because I was like determined to get their signatures I wanted to meet them I was, I was on a real kick about doing so so anyway so you know a few hours go by can't find a scalper and my buddy decides he wants to go get a couple slices of pizza or whatever and I was like alright I'll hold down the fort and ask around so what do I see uh, I see down the side door that there's some action it's opened up. So I walk towards it, and the lineup of, like, First Avenue's on a corner, so you have the lineup of everyone waiting going the one way, and the other way, it was empty, but you saw the door. So I walk into the door, and lo and behold, who is it? Who walks out? Ad Rock, MCA, and two other dudes. And I think they're waiting. If I remember, they were waiting for someone to arrive. So I go up, and as politely as possible, ask for their autographs on this the CD, the Check Your Head CD. And I give them my Sharpie, and they comply. They're really, they're really nice. Um, and I was wearing shorts with white socks pulled up. And I remember this because I think MCA started making fun of my socks. <laughs> I just have this vivid memory of him going, hey, where'd you get the socks? He's <laughs> dissing me. He dissed me. And I've never felt more blessed. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I kept it short and sweet. But somehow, like, I know they used a Sharpie, but I had a Super 8 Motel pen as well. Oh, no. I, what must have happened is I only had a Super 8 Motel pen and someone had a Sharpie or something. So, they, uh... Somebody asked, you know, Super 8, where are you from? I said, I'm from Winnipeg, and, you know, we want explain, as short as possible, I explained the situation. I don't have tickets, and the, uh, I can't remember exactly who said it, but they said, hey, we'll get you on the guest list. I got on the fucking guest list. Skills to pay the bills tour, 1992. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is incredible, and I'm holding my shit together. But I made sure to say, "Hey, can I can I get a plus one? I have a friend who's not here, and no problem." And that was it. And they went inside, and I was fucking walking on clouds the rest of the evening. I, I could not fucking believe what just took place. So, and then I was I could since <laughs> my friend got friend got back. I explained the situation, and we were just like, oh, fuck, this is incredible. And, it, you know, I always felt bad that if he stuck around, he would have met them as well. Like, there's no doubt. But I'm sure he was very thankful that not only did we get to go to the show, this sold-out show, we get in the guest list. So that meant we had an early access entry to the bar. So... Can you imagine the heroes we were <laughs> to go back to all these people in line who know who knew our story, how we were waiting, we needed tickets, 
to say, like, now we're at the very front of the line, and we get in ahead of them. It was, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. And the concert was amazing. The concert, I actually wrote down a little bit what happened, because that night... I'm sure I remember the the Greyhound bus station is right beside First Avenue in Minneapolis. So after the concert, I'm, I'm I remember we we took a bus at like maybe two or one in the morning. Like we're pretty much right after the concert, we got on a bus and right back to Winnipeg. Uh, but here's, I'm just going to read you what I wrote that day. I wrote this on the bus after the concert. Beastie Boys, May 12th, First Avenue, Minneapolis. Uh. I, I, I'm not going to read you what I already said. Guy on the guest list, blah, blah, blah. Entire First Avenue floor was a dance pit, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I wrote that he liked my socks, but I really, in retrospect, I think it was a diss. Uh, songs they performed included Shake Your Rump, Paul Revere, Pass the Mic, High Plains Drifter. Oh my god, to hear that. Finger Licking Good. Half of Sounds of Science to all the girls. Um, a lot of Check Your Head instrumentals. Uh, time to get ill. Car thief. <laughs> Car thief. Um, and other stuff. Oh, and then of course, I had to get Mike D's autograph. I can't. I can't get two of the three. I have to get all three, right? So after the show, and we have nothing to do because we're waiting for our Greyhound bus to take off. I pretty much set in the same agenda, which was to just keep an eye on that door. Keep an eye on that door for Mike D. It took a little while, but Mike D came out. I remember I was actually had to run after him. I ran after him because he was he was out and I'm pretty sure he didn't I don't know I don't know he maybe got a heads up that there's an autograph hound, but yeah, I had to run up to him. I kept it as short as possible. Mike D, can you sign this? I have two out of the three. Signed it. I don't even think he said anything to me. Um, but I, who wants to do that after a show? I was like, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I got all I got all three signatures on my check your head copy, and I was just like, wow, what a night, what a blessful night, blast, blast. <laughs> it was an amazing show. Basshead was really good. I had their album at the time. Uh, Firehose was awesome. I don't really remember much of it. <laughs> and, of course, Beastie Boys, insane show. Uh, at one point, MCA started to walk out, and he did a loop around the crowd walking on all the audience's hands. People put their hands up. So we kind of had this human bridge, and he walked. And I remember one point him looking back at, I don't know, Ad-Rock or Mike D, and he was just like, can you guys believe this? Like, I don't think it was something that happened every show. And Ad-Rock blew his voice out. I remember it was really like, he has that nasally kind of sound of his voice, but it was like he blew his voice and it was all like, ah! <laughs> it was very distracting, but it did not take away from the experience, believe you me. Wow. And there it is. The second best concert I've ever been to. And next Tuesday you're going to get the all-time best concert I've ever experienced in my life and probably ever will. Um, thank you for listening to the Mantua Money Shop podcast. My name is Ron George Moore. I do this every week on the Tuesdays or the Wednesday maybe, and then I do Friday foreplay. 
and the interviews are going to start up in about two weeks. We're going to go for season two on that. Lots of big things happening. Huge, gigantic, and massive on the channel. I don't know. Is it a channel? It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Thanks again for listening. Check out the Twitter and search it up, and there's lots of stuff, and uh, have a great day. Bye.